Well, hello and a very special welcome back to another episode of Straight Talk. My name is Nikki Shields and I'm absolutely delighted to say that this episode is all about the best of British. Yes, we're getting excited because it's not long to go before the double header in London, the London E-Prix returns since season two. We have missed it and we cannot wait for it to get underway. Uh, but the best of British, I should probably talk to our two British drivers at the Mahindra Racing Team, Alexander Sims and Alex Lynn. Guys, good to see you both here in Mexico in Puebla. How are you? Very well, thank you. All good, thanks. Yes, all, all good. good. Great. Well, we're talking Britishness. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, you guys have had a really long um, and, you know, exciting career through the ranks of karting and <laughs> into single-seaters and, you know, GT racing. Um, but let's kind of start at the beginning. What were your inspirations when it comes to British racing? Who were the drivers that you kind of aspired to be um, and some of the tracks that you aspired to race at? Well, I would say my first inspiration wasn't British, it was Michael Schumacher. But as I've gotten older, I've definitely come to have a real big appreciation for like Sterling Moss, yeah. Jim Clark. Like for example, Jim Clark's a bit of a style hero of mine. Like, I think he's pretty cool. Like always dressed cool, enjoyed his hairstyle. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, that's, I've grown to appreciate the history of our, you know, our nation's racing drivers as I've grown up and gotten older. I don't know about you, but... Um, yeah, I, I bit boring on, in that sense, actually. I never really had any major inspirations um, oh, no, when I was growing You're always up. so honest in these podcasts. Yeah, I, I don't really toe the line very well, do I? But um, to be fair, the, 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 the one guy that I've, I've looked up to um, probably over the last 10 years or so since my single-seater season started in Formula Renault, I was teammates with Henry Surtees. And, and I got fairly close to John actually and drove a load of his old historic cars at um, Surtees events. Um, and yeah, that, that was a real uh, genuinely uh, nice moment, moment where I pinched myself as I got to know John and he, he went through some of his old stories and you understand really the challenges that they faced uh, back in the day. Uh, and I compared them to the rather trivial moments that I felt that I was facing in my career. Um, it, was, it was really, really nice to, to have known him and, and to, to experience some of his, his things. It's amazing, isn't it, when you look back at how racing has changed. I mean, back then, obviously, these guys were absolute heroes. It was, it was really quite treacherous going out in those race cars. You know, the health and safety just was nowhere near what it's like today. Um, but having said all of that, would you prefer to have raced in the era of John 30s, or are you happy to be racing with a modern-day car? Well, I, I think I'd prefer to, to be racing here now. Um, I, one story always um, stands out in my memory, speaking to John, where he said that he was racing at Spa in the wet and he purposefully let a driver pass so that he could follow in their wheel tracks, having dispersed the water on the track, purely from a safety point of view to be able to complete the race. Um, I think the, the risk of being seriously injured or, or even dying back then was, was a genuine thought that I'm very glad that I, I don't have that too much nowadays. Um, and to be able to be in such a pioneering moment here in Formula E, 
um, is, is a real, real privilege that I'm happy about. Yeah, it is a very, very exciting time to be in motorsport, I'm sure. Um, now, for those of you that are actually watching this podcast on our YouTube channel, you might have noticed that uh, Alex has done a quick change. <laughs> We're in Puebla in Mexico. The heat is pretty hot. We've got the sun beating down on us. It's about 25 degrees. And uh, yeah, he just slipped off to put his shorts on. So there you go. That is why. Black jeans um, weren't the option of choice. The beauty of television. He's switched from his jeans to his little black shorts. Um, but uh, let's go back to talking about British racing. Uh, the karting scene. Did you guys ever race against each other? Not each karting, other, no. We didn't, did we? No. You never came into contact? No. Simsy was the generation above me. <laughs> I didn't like to say anything. No, I mean, only by a couple of years, but that's... But that makes a big difference, doesn't it, in karting, you know, you really only... The age... Exactly. uh, Ages are only pretty much two, three years per category, so yes. I'm not that old, but I'm literally his dad. (laughs) Or could be. You could be with some of the others in the pit lane. Unfortunately, yes, that is... (laughs) And I sadly could be their mother as well. (laughs) We're getting a bit too young for my liking. Um, so you didn't compete together in the karting world, but how was it when you were racing in karting? Again, you know, does that encourage you to aspire to continue racing? You know, what was the importance that you learned during your karting years? Well, I mean, Simsy was a British champion, European champion in karting. Mm, no, never the Euro- no, only, I, I just stayed on a good level in national series. I mean, you're a British champ. Yes, yeah, yeah a few times, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, um, Probably yeah. worth, worth mentioning no, that one. No, I, I didn't win a raffle oh, in right. karting. Okay. And um, went into cars and everything changed, actually. But yeah, it was... Um, yeah, I think the thing is in karting is... I mean, like all, like all racing, yeah. it has got a lot to do with your equipment. And you know, especially when you're younger. Um, you see a lot, actually, like when you're younger, the rate of growth that young kids they have anyway like no matter how old they are like some kids are bigger more mature they you know they develop faster and you know as as everyone gets older it starts to merge a bit more into one i don't know if you so when did you become really tall (laughs) what age was that uh like in my last two years of karting i became really tall uh, which was i I guess a bit of a disadvantage um i remember nick de vries when he was karting we used to car against each other i mean my god he was yeah well quick but also very 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 small and and yet at that point it was a real advantage yeah yeah yeah. and would you you know i mean uh alex you've got alexander you've got kids would you encourage them to go into karting um from a purely selfish point of view right now the answer would be no just because i know how much time and effort it took for me to uh, dedicate myself to karting um, and is that, and when good. you say you dedicating, is that you and your parents and your family, do they have to give up a lot to support you? Um, I mean, my, my, my dad came to some of the races. I, I generally went around with, with another uh, man called Rob Goff, who, who basically was my mentor, uh, my guardian as such, and, and came to all the races with me um, and gave up a huge amount of his life to, to allow me to, to, to develop. I worked with him from... Um, Gosh, pretty much since I started when I was 10 years old through to Formula Renault when I was uh, 20 years old. So yeah, a good 10-year good span of pretty much every weekend he, he came with me, which um, allowed me to, to learn and, and to do all the racing that I did. Um, but yeah, it's, karting's it's 
it's pretty intense actually you know you, you could uh, there were some years when i'd probably do 30 races in a year at different tracks whether it be club races or national or european level championships you can and this race is all somewhere while you're at school as well of course yeah. you know so you're kind of juggling your school work as well at the same time i mean that must become a bit of a challenge how did you do in your exams it was it was tough <laughs> up, up to gcse level it was mm. kind of okay I was, I was fortunate to be able to to balance the the days off with still learning enough at school to, to get sensible GCSEs, but then A-levels took a nosedive big time. I remember having the discussion with my parents about uh, the idea of not going to, to do A-levels and just doing racing full, full time. And they were like, no, you need to do your A-levels. But honestly, in hindsight, I was there two, three days a week, every week. Oh my God, wow. And okay, it, when so you, you missed really that amount of, of schooling and with no time to actually catch up, because obviously all the time that I'm away, I'm racing and then I get back on Monday morning and I can't suddenly do twice the amount of work. Yeah, Didn't largely happen. pointless. Was that the same for you, Alex? Yeah, it's exactly the same. I didn't take any GCSEs. I, no GCSEs? I pretty much left school at the age of 15. Really? Yeah. Wow, and, okay. Well, I mean, it came to the point where I, mean, I was a bit of a naughty child at school anyway. Mm -hmm. So again- and that continued. Yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> You know, you start doing international karting at a young age, which we both did. And then at a certain point, you're never there. Yeah. And yeah, I was the kind of child where if you gave me any excuse not to do my homework, I, I, I would absolutely take it. <laughs> and um, well, yeah, and then at some point, it, there is a serious side to it where I think my parents took the decision, well, he's not listening anyway. And so he's not going to get the grades. Mm -hmm. So you may as well go all in on the racing and mm -hmm. hope. hope that he makes it and I'm very lucky that I did yeah. but uh, absolutely I don't sit there and condone that because it was a massive gamble um, but it was but only... for you it was the right thing to do and yeah. it's paid off yeah it was it was yeah yeah I love that so you basically managed to use karting as an excuse not to do your homework yeah. <laughs> so would you obviously recommend now to you know other kids that want to get into racing that they've got to start karting from a young age and and really put the time in and the hours in? I think it's more... No, I wouldn't say that. It's more you need to learn the right lessons because karting is, it's not, in my opinion, the barometer of talent. It's okay, more a, an indication of how good or bad someone is. But you learn a lot of, a lot of very valuable lessons as a young man or young girl as adult life. Because of course, from the age, from a very early age, we're leaving our parents to go racing around the world, like I was racing in Japan at the age of 14, you know, to do the Asia Pacific Karting Championship. And when you do that, who's kind of looking after you at that point? Because, you know, being let loose in Japan at the age of 14. <laughs> well, I, I went with no one, I went with the team, which of course, my mechanic was a um, early 20 Rel year old. Relatively young, yeah. old to you probably yeah. when you were 14. But I'm yeah. 14, he's not my mum or dad. Like, yeah. So guess what, I'm allowed to do what I want. You know, you're, you're flying around the world and wow. you grow up very fast. Yeah. Um, well, you must have to have such a level of maturity because you could act like an immature 14 year old, but that's not going to get you the results in Japan on the racetrack. Exactly, and in the end, you know, like we, we joke around about not getting any grades, but one thing I realised when I left school was it's now, it has to happen. You know, and the only way to make it is to win. So I haven't got any grades. The, so if I don't win, this isn't going to happen. And then it's sort of, that's when it's sort of the, the mentality changed in my career. I think that now it's a must 
that I need to win. Yeah, so actually yeah. psychologically maybe that did play to your advantage because you knew there wasn't another option, you didn't have anything to fall back on, you had to yeah. make it work. It definitely changed me, yeah. Oh, that's really, really, really interesting. Um, and then, so what happened after the ranks of karting? Where did you go next? Um, we both went to the same stage, I guess. Pretty much, yeah. Um, went to Formula Renault, uh, did the UK Championship primarily with a few European races. And that, that shift, shift was very strange, actually, to go from doing, yeah, as I say, 25, 30 weekends racing and karting a year to actually just a 10-round championship um, with fairly limited testing. Quite, quite a culture shock, actually, um, especially as that actually coincided pretty much with me leaving school at the end of my A-levels and then having a lot more time. So um, that's really the point in which time in which it came a lot more professional for me because I was then able to dedicate all of my time to racing and I was exploring what other areas that I could do to, to, to improve my on-track performance when I was, when I was uh, at home during the week. So that was a really interesting phase. And then, yeah, went to Formula 3, did a bit of GP3, um, and then went off into sports cars and stayed there pretty much until, until I came back to Formula E. And what was it like making the transition into sports cars? Uh, that wasn't too... Well, I wouldn't say not too challenging. It, it was a bit of a different world, but the transition from, say, karting to cars was a far bigger transition than from single-seaters to GT cars. In the end, the GT car, it's... It's obviously bigger, heavier, you've got a roof over your head and things, but fundamentally you're still kind of trying to do the same thing in, in the race car itself. Do you remember that first drive in a Formula Renault really vividly? Yes, I do. I remember I was at Albacete in Spain, um, cold mornings, and I mean, I, I can remember spinning, I don't know, seven, eight times during the day and not having a clue why I'd spun. and. Yeah, it was a really interesting uh, learning process to try and understand aerodynamics and weight transfer and suspension. And yeah, it was a, a whole new world. Yeah, huge learning curve there. Was it the same for you, Alex? It was, yeah. Yeah, no, I followed a very similar trajectory in, into Formula Renault and um, into Formula 3 and GP3 and then GP2. And then, yeah, so that was that was cool. You know, I was lucky enough that I had a nice amount of success in the junior categories and that sort of shaped my my professional career very luckily actually. Um, and bringing it back to the Britishness, out of all of the races that you've managed to in the UK, um, which would you say your favourite track was? Silverstone for me. Actually, if we're talking purely British, Thruxton I think is my nice. favourite track. Nice, yeah okay. A lot of people love Thruxton, don't I they? I would probably say Brands Hatch GP. I really, really enjoy that. I mean, Brands Hatch Indie Circuit is I could take or leave it, but as soon as you add in the GP loop, it's it's pretty phenomenal, that place. I love Brands Hatch. That was where I fell in love with racing when I used to go. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. oh, cool. Well, it was about sort of 45 minutes. It was our sort of local proper track. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I was used to go um, to watch any form of racing, really. Um, but brilliant. OK, so now, before we run out of time, I am going to give you a quintessentially British fun quiz. Are you up for that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good. All right. So this is a bit of a quick round. Are we uh, against each other or taking it in turns? You're going to take it in turns. Got it. So first question. Oh, we'll go. We'll go this way. Alexander into Alex. Um, into <laughs> it's you, a tough yeah. one. This one. Nice. Alexander, are you tea or coffee? Uh, coffee. Interesting. Alex. Coffee. Okay. Well, that's not quintessentially British. It's not, is it? Sorry. I but I would like agree tea, with you. But I would probably go for coffee. <laughs> okay. So how many cups of tea do you drink in a day? Well, not many as I generally go for coffee, but um, 
one or two. <laughs> Alex? Are we, I mean, four or five coffees a day. But how many teas? Zero. zero no tea, so a zero like, tea. Are we talking just like English breakfast tea or herbal teas as well? Because I mean, actually I do always have a lemon and ginger tea in the evening. Well, I think as this is, you know, a quintessentially British That's not, quiz, no. it should really be an then, English breakfast tea. Like point, point <laughs> 0.15 or something, I'd say I have one. Uh, drink, okay, so, so yeah. you're, you're rapidly becoming less British sorry, if you're yeah, not drinking yeah. English breakfast tea at least three times during the sorry, course of the day. Sorry. <laughs> Um, have either of you ever jumped a queue? Ooh. Because <laughs> clearly if you're British, you never jump yeah, a queue. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I probably have on occasion, but I feel very uncomfortable doing it. So, um, by default, I would always queue. It haunts you, yes. Alex. Uh-huh. Absolutely, I, yeah. I, I, I do not feel bad about it. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> well, you are racing drivers. I mean, I technically know, that is your job, to skip the queue and yeah, get to the front. I figured that might be your answer, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have you ever had a bit bad haircut but pretend to love it? Yes. <laughs> that awkward moment in the hairdresser. Where you're like, yeah, <laughs> I remember having you a got one now. mohawk. Oh, <laughs> having a mohawk or whatever it was called, where the, the guy styled it all into the middle. Oh, sexy. No, I didn't have it shaved on the oh, sides. Okay, it was, it was all longish, but styled into the middle. I was like, oh. Something that you do when you were like a skater about yeah, 14 years old. Walked out and then put it straight back into a side party. <laughs> Alex, I can't imagine you having a bad haircut and not telling the hairdresser. I, I very, uh, there was, I remember a moment where it's like, if you pay for a cheap haircut, you're going to get a cheap haircut. <laughs> but absolutely, uh, I would, I would always very struggle to complain, but mm. I, that, that much I can't, I can't do. So you now have expensive haircuts then? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes, <laughs> not me, not me. Both supporting excellent haircuts, I've got to say. Just to say, my um, wife will be very pleased that you are so complimentary of my latest haircut. Did she cut it? I was she only taking the mic. Did your wife cut your hair? Yeah, oh, that's so. impressive. Oh, she can come round and do everyone's. She's qualified well, for a Nicky Clark. Really? Not <laughs> really? I was like, oh, I'll definitely come over. <laughs> um, okay, when did you last discuss the weather? Because we love talking about the weather, don't we? Five minutes ago. Ten I was going to say, like, five minutes before this, yeah. this interview started? Yeah. Yes. No, I think you were actually both moaning about it 30 seconds before this yeah, interview yeah, started. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, here, yeah, I mean, Alex changes his shorts. Changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, if you aren't happy with a meal in a restaurant, would you complain or keep quiet and say, thank you so much, that was absolutely delicious. No, I, I, I say I generally try to give some feedback. It's okay. not necessarily that honest, but um, I would try and give some indication that you weren't pleased. Really Alex is laughing and shaking his head, nodding his head. No. Is there is there been a no, incident? I, I, I remember that Simsy is that person that would just have to say something. <laughs> you couldn't not. I feel like that's just a bit you in general. Yeah, yeah. yes, in general. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if there's something to be said, you're going to say it. Yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd definitely go around the houses, but it... Make it awkward. Indirectly and, say yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine you making anything awkward, Alexander. Sorry? I said I can't imagine you making anything awkward, Alexander. No? I feel like there's a very hint of uh, <laughs> sarcasm there, Nicky. Um, so, Alex, if you weren't happy with the meal, would you complain? I wouldn't, no. You wouldn't complain? No, I couldn't, okay. I couldn't complain. Okay, so you're pretty British then, actually. Uh, in that sense, for sure. Um, have you ever apologised when it was the other person's fault? And I think we're talking about yeah, waiting. Yeah, always you go, oh, sorry, 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 <laughs> even... If it's clearly, yes, uh, yeah. That we do, clear. we do, don't we? It's the first word you need to learn if you're British, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So sorry. I apologise. <laughs> uh, barbecue. Would you have it in the rain or just cancel it? 
Um, I don't have a barbecue. If you so, were invited to a barbecue uh, and it was raining, would you yeah. go or not attend? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd go still, yes, and still help cook, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd go for sure. Yeah, yeah. sure, of course. We love barbecues in the rain, why not? Just bring a brolly. Um, last question. Have you ever been stuck at a doorway with another person whilst you both, in, both insist that the other person goes through the door first? No, you. No, you. No, you. No, you. Yes, frequently, yes. Yeah. And then you both go, go at the same time. And then oh, ah. Very, very uh, awkward, yes. Of course. I can of relate course. to that. Well, okay, so despite not being tea drinkers, I think it is official, you are clearly both very British. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, guys, thank Brilliant. you so much for talking to us, and good luck in the London Epre, of course. Um, how exciting. Home race, uh, which you'll be doing for the first time for yep. Formula E. Correct. Yes. Both of us. Both of us. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you weren't the best, <laughs> No, I wasn't. Yeah, no, the first time. Really, really cool to be racing in London. Mad. And uh, just a quick one. The track looks pretty awesome. Inside, you, outside. Have you seen at it? At the Excel Centre. I've seen a very uh, brief overview of it. And it looks pretty twisty. Um, and Where have you seen that? I was in the... I don't know, Andrew's got a copy of it. Either when we're in the simulator or something. Oh, I see. I see. We're, um, we're sharing information in the team. Uh oh. Uh oh. I mean, we, we, I mean, I we only did a general weekend. energy analysis, performance analysis. We did a few runs on the seat. I mean, we didn't do much. You've done all the no. shaping and exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, look, it looks cool. Partly inside, partly outside. I think there's some elevation change up and down. Is there? I remember watching Sam walk it, whatever it was, a year or two ago with an autosport person. Um, and yeah, it looks cool. Great. Well, guys, good luck. Uh, hopefully there will be lots of British fans supporting you throughout the weekend. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you for listening or for watching uh, this next episode of Straight Talk. We'll see you very soon.